radio program. You've been listening to Rick Holm, our Prairie Doc. He's here with us, and he's ready to answer your questions of a medical nature. He is an internal medicine physician and has many other roles, but he's just that. So we're glad to have you here, Dr. Holm. I'm just an internal medicine doctor. And you are well-known in the country music field. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Or at least knowledgeable in that field. Well, not really. But anyway, I sure do enjoy music of all types. All types. And, you know, as a physician who uh, encourages uh, uh, the enhanced lifestyle of uh, bringing people to happiness, what is a well what is a good society? What is a well society? We're planning on a, a um, an interview. Uh, we're going to do multiple interviews. Uh, Jay Van Duke and I talked this morning. Uh, we're going to interview the Hunhoffs, Katie and Bernie Hunhoff, who are the uh, the developers of the South Dakota Magazine. And uh, we're going to interview those people next week uh, about a, a well community. What makes a well community? What what? Why is a community a place you want to live? What makes it a good place to live uh, and or to retire? Uh, and so we're we're going to delve into wellness in a societal uh, perspective. Where do the Hunhoffs live? I know they're South Dakotans. They're in Yankton. Okay. Yeah. And so we're going to interview them, and then we're going to interview Dennis Bielfeld, who is a philosopher. He he uh, he speaks a language that sometimes. Uh, uninterpretable by normal English-speaking people. Uh, he is deep into the history of philosophy and uh, religion and uh, what m- gives meaning to life and meaning to society and meaning to, through the history of, of uh, all the writings, you know, all of the uh, academic perspectives of what is happiness and so on. And we're going to compare the Hunhoffs and the and the uh, history of, of all this and see where we where we're going to go for our, one of our summer shows that we're going to be developing this. Dennis summer. is kind of like the Renaissance man. He does everything, doesn't he's an he? Unbelievable he's a philosopher. Person. He's a minister. He's a developer of land projects. He's and a he grand has, teacher. You know, he's developed this program of teaching teaching ministers. Ministers, right? yeah. yeah. Yeah, plus he's developing land in Brookings. The guy never stops. Yeah, never stops. Restaurateur. Restaurateur. <laughs> Tour. Yes. Restaurateur. Yes. Well, those should be two good interviews. And the, you're doing them this summer, but I think they'll be part of your TV program in the fall. Yes. Great. And you'll do a program on how to live healthy in South Dakota. Yeah, living well in our cities and in the, in the rural communities. Is it better here than anywhere else? Are people happier here? Than they are in the cities, or uh, you know, what are what about our rural areas versus other rural areas in the country? What is what is is it about our particular political position in South Dakota? You know, uh, uh, and why is it uh, that this very friendly, very open, very loving group of people at the same time would be rated by California as the least? Uh, uh, supportive of LGBT uh, community. You know, why is that South Dakota uh, among, like, Alabama and Texas and, what, two other states? Well, of course, any California rating would be highly susceptible, wouldn't it? Yeah, well, I mean, <laughs> suspicious. <laughs> suspicious, yes. highly, highly um, suspicious. So, no, yeah. Uh, it'll be interesting. It you know, interesting. I've been fortunate in the past 20 years to travel quite a bit, and I 
drag my husband along, <laughs> kicking and screaming, but he'd rather be home. He's always so happy to get home in his own bed, very happy. But he, when he goes, he's if I drag him out, he does enjoy seeing things. Yeah. In all these travels, there is no place like home. South Dakota is really a gift to all of us. We're oh, just fortunate it, to live here. We, we are. We really are. Indeed. And on that note, I'm going to take my break, and we'll be back with medical questions and answers right after these words. Welcome back to Prairie Doc Radio. We're happy to have you listening today. And we had a caller with a question while we were talking about country music and whatever else. And I don't know if I have the answer. I tried to look it up. What is the recipe for bug repellent using Avon Skin So Soft and Eucalyptus Oil? I looked it up. Remember we did that for years? Oh, yeah. We pushed that yeah. for a long, long time. You know and what? I can look it up and, and get, have the answer I next week. I think it's one part Skin So Soft. Uh, two parts water, and then you can add eucalyptus oil, you know. But it was just a teaspoon or so of eucalyptus yeah, oil. Of and you put it in a spray bottle. Right. Or it's one to two and then a little bit of eucalyptus and it's, oil. And it's pretty effective for gnats, and it's pretty effective for um, mosquitoes. But if you talked, if you review, I've read a variety of places where they've looked at what's the most effective mosquito repellent, what do you do in the world of mosquito and the dangers of mosquito. And the answer is that um, DEET works. Whatever has DEET, and the and the very best is DEET uh, uh, um, woods special woods off. Uh, and so pretty strong stuff. Though. It's strong stuff. But what do you, where do you put it? And and when do you put it? Uh, one of the things that you can do is you can avoid being out when the sun is just rising or when the sun is just setting. That's the time the mosquitoes really do come out. If you've been in the garden and the sun's setting, you know full well then they attack. If you've got a fisher person and you know this is the time to catch the fish, boy, you better have the mosquito repellent on in that boat because they, they will come. Early sunrise, they'll be there, and sunset, sunset. they'll be there. And so you, you may not need repellent during the burning hot rays of the, of the day, it's just those certain times. It might be, though, if you're going to be outside a lot and you're going to be exposed to a lot of, of uh, bugs, uh, particularly ticks, the mosquito repellent helps against the ticks. Now, there is a tick repellent, but I, it's, it's, um, we worry about the toxicity of all of this, and the mosquito repellent does work with the ticks. One of the things they suggest if you're walking through grass that's high to prevent the ticks is that you tuck your, sh your pants into your socks because what will happen is they'll jump on your socks and they'll climb upward. Well, if you have regular pants like you normally do, it'll just get up into your, your body and they'll keep, they'll going. keep going until they find a nice dark spot around your anus or your, your groin. And that's where they'll settle in. I mean, they do. They settle in right there. And they're um, happy there. <laughs> uh, the other thing to say is that, uh, so, you know, if you're, you look goofy when you do that when you're bike riding to keep your pants from hitting your, your um, chain. But you can do that when you're walking through the, the grass, too. So stick your, your um, stuff your, your pants into your socks. If I'm going to be working out in the yard for quite a bit, what I will do is get something as strong as DEET that you just talked about, but I won't spray my body. I'll spray my shoes, my, my clothes, even my hair, because I can wash my hair. I can yeah. wash it out. Yeah. But I try to keep it off my skin, and yeah. that seems to deter the mosquitoes and also prevents me from having all those chemicals on me. I will do my hat. 
And uh, I know there are a lot of people who don't wear hats, but uh, I wear hats uh, when I'm messing around outside. And uh, it keeps the sun off my face. If if it starts to sprinkle, it keeps the rain off your glasses. Um, You know, you can wear a a build baseball hat and then buy a cheap raincoat. And uh, you can be outside all day in the rain, and the bill keeps the rain off your face. Uh, the hood keeps the rain off your neck. And uh, you can, and, and the, the, the kind of a cheap rain suit will keep you warm. Well, that sounds good. Well, you know, the, co- the caller called in asking about the Skin So Soft recipe. So we'll repeat it. For a bug repellent that we think may be somewhat helpful, although Dr. Holm believes DEET would be more helpful, the skin so soft, if you use one part skin so soft, two parts water, and about a teaspoon, tablespoon of eucalyptus oil, not much of eucalyptus oil, put it in a spray bottle and you're set to go. Right. Okay. Good. Thank you so much for that call. Our next question, another thing, how dangerous are mosquito bites? I guess we're on one topic now. Do you think mosquito bites are dangerous? And um, how dangerous is the repellent? Well, we just talked about the repellents. But are mosquito bites that dangerous to worry about? Yeah, they They are. are. Thank you for your calls, by the way. And I'd ask you, really, if you can think of a good... Rural South Dakota question. I mean, that's what our topic is today. Tomorrow night is our Rural South Dakota show that was one of our favorites uh, last uh, year. Uh, it's uh, and so uh, you had I, the guests on the show, right? Which were Susan Anderson, who is the chair of the Department of Family Medicine, uh, Frontier and Rural Medicine Program in South Dakota, and then Mary Nettleman, who is the head of the of the School of Medicine uh, uh, in. In, in Sioux Falls. So they'll be talking about rural health tomorrow night on South, on South Dakota Public Television, 7 o'clock. Right. On call with the Prairie Deck. On call. Right. And that's why we're talking about rural health issues. Uh, so let's talk about the, the issue of mosquitoes. How da- dangerous are mosquitoes? By the way, to, to, to ask a question, call 692 1430. Because it's it. 1430 on your dial, right? Now I'm going to force a break on you. We're going to take a break. We'll talk about mosquitoes as soon as we come back. Welcome back to Prairie Doc Radio. I see Joni Holm has the same thing on her mind. How to talking about this. She is. So you wanted to talk about mosquitoes. You know, the the big thing is West Nile virus. I mean, it's out here. There's a lot of it going around. It is in South Dakota. It is an encephalitis. There are people who are dead from it because it, it can be up to paralysis, it can cause dementia, it can cause severe nerve damage. Uh, One particular fellow said it was a two-year headache. And I mean, a friend of mine. I mean, uh, so it's a real deal. It's serious. It's a serious thing. You don't want to have West Nile virus. Avoid it by avoiding mosquito bites. And so how many mosquito bites can you get? Well, you know, there's a lot about mosquitoes. If you look at the national literature, the uh, in, the international literature, there is more than a half of the 335,000 workplace fatalities um, uh, related in farming, related to throughout the world, are related to um, to uh, mosquito bites. So one half of farming 
problems. It's the most dangerous. Problems. It is the most dangerous. It's related it's the most to mosquitoes. Dangerous animal. Fifty percent of the world is at risk, and it's not just uh, West Nile virus for us. In the world, it's yellow fever, it's malaria, it's dengue, you know, and 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 other evolving illnesses that that uh, kill. Uh, and so, mosquitoes are a terrible um, animal. Not my favorite animal. In the whole system, ecosystem, uh, they must have a role, though, other than making us sick. There must be a reason for mosquitoes. Making us miserable? Making us miserable, making us sick. But what's the reason for mosquitoes? I bet there is a reason. Uh, Maybe they they eat a lot of stuff that should be eaten. I don't know. No. No? I, I don't you can't find a good reason for mosquitoes. Yeah. It cuts <laughs> Bob, you're no. terrible, but may well that makes true. sense. Evolutionarily, you have to think about it, that Mother Nature is stuck in these little random chaos things like mosquitoes and other things for that are vectors for control. disease to control population. the numbers of animals. Yeah, wow. yeah or That's humans. interesting. Huh. I mean, we're an animal. So what do, you, what, what do you want to say about the mosquitoes, other than they're just a horrible thing? Darn those mosquitoes. Darn those, that's what you want to say, huh? Okay. Uh, and, you know, not only are they... Um, I'll never forget. I mean, you've talked mosquitoes. I immediately go to my Boy Scout trip trip to the the Boundary Waters when I was a junior in high school, and we're driving with Bob Lee, and um, uh, I think there was another adult, Bob Lee, and who else was the other adult that was driving? They were driving two cars and were packed with Boy Scouts. We had a canoe trip planned. There were nine or ten of Boy Scouts on this trip. And um, uh, we are going up through northern Minnesota on our way to Ely. And of course that night, you know, we were going to sleep in, t- in tents or sleeping bags outside. Oh my gosh, we got to a ball field in a town. And, we, in the, and they didn't realize what they were doing to us. And we were all trying to find a place to sleep. And we ended up sleeping in the cars. You know, it was a disaster. It was a, n- a night out sleeping in a car. Why did you sleep in the cars? Because you couldn't sleep outside in the ball field because the mosquitoes the were The mosquitoes just were so thick. bad. Oh, okay. And we didn't have tents. I mean, we just had... It was just one of those... The, the Boy Scout was not... The leaders were not prepared. They were not prepared leaders. That's not good. And so uh, I never... The other time in my life... I was camping out in a tent, and we had mosquito repellent and mosquito netting at the lake on Ponset with um, Denny Smith, my roommate in college. And it was a no-wind night, no-wind night. So we're laying in the tent. There was no wind. It was hot. And all you could hear was the mosquitoes outside. They were there. So... Not my favorite animal. I'll add again. <laughs> well, Bob gave a reason why. Yeah, I'm I, trying I to reduce the reason surplus for it. population. Right. Yeah, well, there they're, it is. they're doing a good job. If half the farming accidents yeah. are, are caused worldwide are caused by some type of mosquito. Right. That's amazing. Wow. Well, we're talking about weather and what happens to you. How about sunburn? How dangerous do you think sunburn is? And how dangerous is sunscreen? That's well, the problem. You, you get one thing, and then you have something to cover, and that's not good either. So what's your thought on that? Unbalanced sunscreen is way better than the... the, the than the burn. Bur- the burn. That'll make you miserable. And long-term danger of destroying your skin, making you look prematurely old, 
uh, and uh, making forcing you out of the sun in the times when you want to be outside. So there's a real plus to it. There are some negatives to it. One of them is that it counters the absorption of vitamin D. So we like vitamin D, um, and it's an important entity. And when I was uh, at the Mayo Clinic, uh, you know, the, my Avera doctor sent me to the Mayo Clinic for my cancer. And I'm talking to my oncologist, and he said, so number one, are you taking any vitamin D? Have you had your vitamin D level tested? I said, I have. I'm on 2,000 of vitamin D every day. He says, yes, good. It will help you fight against cancer. That was a Mayo Clinic uh, cancer specialist recommendation. The other issue about vitamin, uh, uh, about sunscreen, is that you know that it does get absorbed. Uh, on Monday night's issue of the Brookings Register, the gentleman, a physician who writes an article uh, right below mine, talked about different kinds of sunscreen and recommended this and that. My, my personal bias is that um, you get the broad spectrum uh, kind that is at least 30, probably 40 or 50 is better, and, uh, and, and not go after all sorts of added uh, things. Just get your basic sunscreen, broad spectrum, and, uh, and 30 plus. Uh, I, he, he spoke against spray. Uh, there's a kind that you can spray an alcohol base on you uh, very quickly and easily. My personal bias on the spray is that if you didn't have the spray, then half the people who were who should be using sunscreen would not use it. It I think it's better to use it uh, and just be careful not to inhale that stuff. That's the danger of it, you know. You and you do you can inhale it. There's no question. It has a flavor to it as you I inhale. Keep thinking it. Of sunscreen with their grandkids when they visit us in Florida. They of course cannot go out without sunscreen. They whine and cry and complain. They do not want it on them. I said, it's lotion. Just put it on and get out in the sun. No, and their mothers fight them. It is, I, what is the kid's aversion to sunscreen? You just hold your breath and then you just go, psh, Well, they don't done. even, if you they, do just, the spray, they just fight it no matter what. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Uh, if you're it, in, I don't get it. It really doesn't make sense. It's a nice feeling in, lotion. Yeah, me. if you're in the British Virgin Islands and the first thing you have to do every morning is Put the cream on, you know, put, rub this stuff on. People don't want to do it. But if you just get the spray out and you just spray them down, turn around, turn around, okay, you're done. Do it again at noon, you know what I mean? And then you don't end up just miserably burned. Right. One teenage granddaughter did that, and I said, you know, you're better off with the cream. Yeah, I use the spray, Grandma. You know, so <laughs> she came in the next morning, and she had a streak of red Where down one missed. leg and a streak of red down another arm. I said, uh-huh, that wouldn't have happened. Oh, go away. Yeah, you spray it, and then <laughs> you rub it you, in. Yeah, you well, rub they it don't in. rub it in. She just sprayed it. She was done, and it wasn't didn't quite, quite cover the sun the way she'd like. But, uh, I know what you mean, though, by the spray. At least they have something on. Better than nothing. I talk to farmers, you know, who go out on the You know, just spray it on in the morning like aftershave. Don't inhale it. Yeah. And just put it on. You know, if you if you put it outside in the back porch, you know, you don't have to spray it in your kit, you know, your kitchen or your living room or your your um your where you in your house. In your house. Right. And you won't spread the oil that's in the in the spray everywhere. Um, and that's also the concern of the guy who was writing about it in the register two nights ago. My point is is uh, if you didn't I got I had some success talking some farmers into using that spray where they wouldn't put the cream on. They just wouldn't. 
So I think that's worth it. Okay. Okay. Well, we're going to take our final break. We've learned a lot about how to deal with the weather. I don't know how to deal with the possible rain we're getting today other than we need it. And uh, we'll be back right after these words. Will you be camping this summer? Carbon monoxide is odorless and colorless and can cause illness or death in people and pets. Never use fuel-burning equipment such as gas stoves, heaters, lanterns, and charcoal grills inside a tent, camper, or other enclosed shelter. It can cause dangerous levels of carbon monoxide to build up. This safety message is brought to you by the providers at the Avera Medical Group Brookings. We can be reached by calling 697-9500. Will you be camping this summer? Welcome back to Prairie Doc Radio. Just before the break, we talked about rain. And, of course, we really do need the rain. But you think of the farmers and what they're going through now. The stress in being a farmer has to be tough. It was dry. It was wet. It was wet, too wet. Now it's too dry. Do you have any advice or words for how to deal with that stress? It's got to be tough on farming. I don't think there's any escaping that. Farming is a uh, uh, luck by chance, hope kind of a deal. You win most of the years, I think, or at least 50% of the years for sure. Uh, you, we won really well the last you know, three or four or five years ago in a row. Perfect crops. Fabulous prices. Everything went well. Farmers just, uh, this became a very rich state over a period of, you know, three, four, five years. And then now it's harder again. Go figure. You know, would that, did you think that might happen? Of course it's going to happen. And so every farmer probably knows that. They know that. Yeah. So what you do is you store you know, you you know you you know what, um, as Joseph with his many colored coats said to the, to the the Pharaoh, you know you you got really good years of plenty, seven years of plenty. Store the grain and prepare for the years of famine, so that you're ready and that you have the, you have enough to get by those hard times. And that's and, the key. And then what you do is you know that's what it's going to happen. You accept it when it happens with a smile. You store the, you don't store the grain, you store the money, and you save it for the harder times and uh, balance things. You know, sometimes, even the worst of years, the chickens are doing well, or maybe the, that year the pigs do well, even if they get sunburned, as Bob was telling me, pigs get sunburned. Pigs get sunburned. And, yeah. you know, whatever it is, you take the balance and then live with it. In this rural community we live in, in South Dakota, I think that the uh, med school found a good way to help farmers by increasing uh, doctors studying medicine and finding a way to keep them in the rural areas. That was the intent of the South Dakota Medical School. Do you think that has, that they've continued with that program? Oh, gosh, program? Yes. That's their mission. You know, the and mission of they retain of the, that mission. The okay. mission of the state medical, so, uh, medical uh, school has been to bring and supply physicians for the state of South Dakota. That was their mission. It's stated. It's clear as a bell. They have been more successful in that purpose than any other state year after year, you know, well, overall. Well, that's good to know. And so in these smaller communities, we are getting physicians. Well, right? we have physicians, but we also have nurse practitioners and PAs, and uh, uh, we, we do those things in rural areas to keep uh, access when you live in a in a in a 
a less than populated area, you have to make those compromises. Right. And just think, since the med school began, the growth of Avira and Sanford, it's amazing. And that so we have been, the top physicians in the country that are happy to come to South Dakota. That is amazing, too. If you get to know the doctors that live in this state, you know, you get to realize how fortunate we are to have the quality that we have here. And so, I mean, I can say that without a doubt because I'm, I'm um, a observer of the the quality and the doctors of this state and the level. And you're of one of them. Well, I'm top a, quality. Top I'm quality. an observer. Well, right now, this observer and I are going to take the rest of the day and ah. do something fun with it. We sure hope all of you have found this fun being with us, and we hope you've enjoyed the program. And you will listen again for Prairie Doc, brought to you by the Avira Medical Group, Brookings. As always, you can hear and see more from Dr. Holm online at prairiedoc.org. Thanks, Rick. That's all till next week. Thank you, Joan. And tomorrow night at 7 o'clock, uh, enjoy the wisdom of of uh, Susan Anderson and Mary Nettleman, who will be talking about rural uh, medicine and, and particularly the medical school and its efforts in trying to provide health care in this state, access to health care in this state. Thanks so much, and stay healthy out there, people.